Good evening, Sports Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aguilaro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And of course, we are rebroadcast, redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Bullhorn, Rate, Like, Share, Subscribe, Do, All the things and we got a good show for you tonight folks we'll be joined by dave hastings in a matter of moments here we got a lot to talk about tonight week 11 of the nfl season is in the books capped by the game between the philadelphia eagles and kansas city chiefs last night which was a pretty good game philadelphia winds up winning 21 to 7 We'll get into the whole week, starting with the blowout Baltimore uh, dominating the Cincinnati Bengals, who lose Joe Burrow for the season. Was he hurt coming into the game? Was he not hurt coming into the game? That was kind of the big controversy there. But, um, yeah, so Burrow done for the season, and they're going to be using the backup. Jake Browning, I think, uh, is the new starter. So obviously a bit of a, uh, bit of a bummer if you're a Bengals fan. Um, and then everything else this week, Dallas winds up destroying the Carolina Panthers. The Giants took a little positive here. They wind up wiping the floor with Washington 31 to 19. Uh, Green Bay winds up shocking the Chargers. And if you're like me, who had, has Justin Herbert in fantasy and also had Quentin Johnston, you're very upset, not only by the fact that they blew that freaking game, but that Quentin Johnson literally could have been the hero of that game. Had the ball basically right in his hands. Herbert throws a nice pass. Looks like Johnson's going to catch it. If he catches it, he's got daylight. He can run. I don't know if he would have made the end zone, but he would have. you would have figured it would have at least been a nice 20, 30, 40-yard chunk play, which they desperately needed to get in a field goal position. Goes right through his fucking hands. So I was very upset by that as an owner of them in fantasy. But obviously, if you're a Charger fan, even more upset. So the Chargers lose that game. Green Bay winds up taking it. Green Bay at four and six on the season. Uh, Minnesota winds up losing their game this week. Uh, Detroit winds up uh handily i would say beating the chicago bears i i think the bears made it close at one point and um justin fields had a pretty decent game in his first game back but detroit wound up pulling that out minnesota um lost the sunday night game to the denver broncos i'm not gonna lie i did not watch a lot of that game that game was not that uh appealing to me uh San Francisco winds up winning, beating Tampa Bay. And we'll wind up going through all these games. Jacksonville winds up dominating Tennessee. Oh, God. If you're a owner of Derrick Henry in fantasy football, as I am, I can tell you right now, folks, you're, you're more than a little concerned. 
We've talked about my fantasy team the last few weeks. Um, I did wind up losing this week. I am eight and three after this week, uh, after this past week, and I am in firmly in first place. I have a game lead over second place. Uh, two people tied for second place in my league. One of them is my brother. The other one was the best man at his wedding. Um, so I, I'm not concerned about my place too much right now. I lost by less than one full point. And if you've been doing fantasy long enough, this isn't an anomaly. This happens from time to time. It's always very frustrating when you're on the side that came up just short. In part because Derrick Henry uh, had a piss-poor game against Jacksonville. Sam Laporta had a piss-poor game uh, for Detroit. Didn't even catch a pass until the fourth quarter. And uh, only winds up uh, with uh, 6.8 points, I believe, simply because he got a two-point conversion, which wound up salvaging the day somewhat, but still a fucking disappointment. Of course, I had the Lions kicker, who I pick up. Finally get rid of Tyler Bass because he ain't done shit in a month. And, of course, he puts up 17 fantasy points. He had about three or four field goals against the Jets. That wasn't even a contest. Buffalo destroyed the Jets 22-6. So that didn't help. Uh, There have been a couple trades made in the league, and I've talked about the couple of trades I've made this past season. Uh, I traded uh, very early in the season. I traded Alexander Madison and Chris Godwin. Uh, for Michael Pittman at wide receiver. That's worked out fairly decently, I would say. I tra- a few weeks back, I traded Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert and Jordan Addison, and I got Rashad White and Drake London. Drake London, eh, 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 but that's worked out pretty good in terms of what Rashad White has, bring, has uh, brought to me. And then I made another trade about an hour after we went off the air last week, actually. I have had T. Higgins on my roster all season. And this was before the Thursday night game, folks. I had T. Higgins on my roster all season. I've had Brian Robinson on my roster all season. And obviously, he had the big game last week. Put up, um, I don't even remember what he did fantasy point-wise, but I know he had a big game last week. And um, I traded the two of them and Luke Musgrave, the tight end from the Green Wave Packers. I traded them and I received Zach Moss, who was basically, I I just told the guy, give me the worst player on your team. And I got DK Metcalf to go with Zach Moss. If you had DK Metcalf in your lineup this week, you'd know at least for one week, that was a decent idea. Even though Brian Robinson did wind up blowing up, uh, he put up about 27, 28 fantasy points, if I'm not mistaken, and um, I traded him. The second week in a row, I made a trade with the guy I was facing that week. It worked out for me the week before, just barely. Not so much this past week, because this this trade was made last Tuesday night, and then, unfortunately, you know, Burrow winds up going down, T. Higgins, has had injuries, and uh, Cincinnati's offense as a whole did not get off to a great start. He was very much caught up in that. I was fine ridding myself of that situation before that. Obviously a bad thing, but um, I will will say I, I feel fortunate that I made that trade when I did. 
Um, I was just tired of T. Higgins anyway. And honestly, like Brian Robinson did wind up having a really good game against the Giants. I, 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 I'm happy with the return I got in terms of DK Metcalf. So I've traded well. Devontae Smith is my third wide receiver now. Drafted him as my second wide receiver. Has kind of been pushed down the ladder a little bit. He's number three. I'm fine with it. Dude had a really good game last night, actually. Caught a very long pass towards the end of the game. They gave him six pass completions for 99 yards. He led Philadelphia's uh, receivers in receiving yardage. And at one point, him and DeAndre Swift were the only players to have caught passes for Philadelphia. And DeAndre Swift, of course, the running back, was on my opponent's team. We came into last night's game with me having a meager three-point lead as this game uh, was set was set to uh, begin there. And as it went underway, you know, Swift uh, got uh, got more in terms of usage. So he took a little bit of a lead. And then on that big pass completion at the end of the game, that did not result in a Devontae Smith touchdown. He, he They ruled him down at the one-yard line. And I go up by about 0.15 points in this. And then the very next play goes to DeAndre uh, Swift. And if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, he's down at the two. Because I think the next play, Love tried a short pass to Swift. And he caught the pass. He didn't get, he got one yard. And that right there is how I lost by 0.86 points last night, ladies and gentlemen. So, as I said, not panicking just yet. I, I will say something I let out here. It's eight and three, but we mentioned it the last couple weeks. You know, Fife comes on here and he talks about how his fantasy team got off to a Fugazi 3 0 start this season. Well, you know, I, I don't really think my team is that far off from that sentiment because we got off to a 3 0 start and it's felt very thin. I did lose the next two games and I, I wound up winning the next five, which was nice. And then the loss this week, I don't know how much farther away from Fugazi. I really am though, in terms of this team, because it's eight and three. It is in first place. We jumped this week into the sixth most points scored in the league. And that is up from the second fewest points scored in the league. So now five teams still have scored more points from by me uh, than me by a considerable margin. So that's an issue. And like I said, if you own a guy like Derrick Henry, you are actively shopping him right now. And I am definitely doing that as well. Um, I know who I would like. I would like somebody like a Jonathan Taylor or an Alvin Kamara. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. We have some feelers out, but um, you never know. You never know. I don't have a lot of confidence in it, though, for being honest. But anyway, we'll get back to football in a minute here as we wait for Dave to come on. I will say baseball-wise, we'll throw this in real quick. Still not too much on the baseball front. All the pieces are kind of setting themselves along the chess the chessboard into position. 
of this year's offseason. Whether it's the rhetoric, and I think we touched on this last week a little bit, the the, the rhetoric uh, with Pete Alonzo not having a long-term contract and only being a year from free agency, you're hearing a little bit of back and forth between the Mets front office and Scott Boris, who is now Pete Alonzo's agent. Uh, the polar bear is not looking to hibernate when it comes to the contract. Because, you know, Scott Boris is never one to shy away from a quotable quote there that makes you want to vomit in your mouth a little bit. But um, I don't think he's going to sign a contract this offseason. And I think if he does, it would be later in the offseason. I do think he winds up at least hitting free agency and then hopefully eventually signing with the Mets. But no, because nobody in Alonzo's position signs a free agent in this day, uh, excuse me, signs a contract in this day and age when you are only a year away from free agency. At the very least, if you're someone like Petey, who's hit basically 40 home runs every goddamn season he's been a a major leaguer except for 2020 because they only played 60 games. Um, He's, I really find it hard to believe he's not going to at least test free agency. I do think at the end of the day, like Aaron Judge last season, I don't think you're going to see P. Lonzo play in a different uniform. What really sucks is we go through this shit so much, you would think everyone would be rational about this at this point. But of course, you know, there'd be no sports talk radio or sports shows or anything like that. Because that's a that's a business in and of itself now. So we need, you know, think pieces and all the reporters and everything have to try to figure out ways to fill content. So so you'll see plenty of that. But I don't think that's going to happen. Free agency, like I said, the pieces are position here. Lance Lynn has signed a contract with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Kyle Gibson also signed a contract. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, I believe, one other pitcher. Uh, wound up uh, signing so far, but minor names so far. Friday was the deadline to tender a arbitration-eligible player a contract for next season, and a lot of Met fans' long-suffering nightmare has finally come to an end as Daniel Vogelbach was not tendered to contract. He is a free agent. Trevor got Jeff Brigham and... Oh, who was the third? There was a there was a third relief pitcher, not tendered contracts. Either, oh, uh, Sam Coonrod, not tendered contracts for the coming season. So, I'm going to say two guys, and then one guy who really didn't get to pitch that much last season, but didn't exactly look like he would have been an improvement in Coonrod, Brigham, and Gott. We saw what we had, and the Mets paid entirely too much to acquire Trevor Gott, not just trading a minor league pitcher who didn't really do anything, but you traded in a, a kind of sort of asset there, and you took on the contract of a player called Chris Flexen, a former Met who did absolutely nothing with us. You traded for him. Agreed to pay the rest of his salary for next season, last season, which was about $4 million. And then you release them. All to get Trevor Gott, who did not do well with us last season. So that was a bad move on the part of Billy Epler. He's gone. 
Brigham was a little lottery ticket guy they acquired at the, be- at the beginning of last offseason. He did not work out. He's gone. Coonrod, I, I, I don't know. I, I think a world where he got um, a, full free, uh, a full spring training where he was able to stay healthy and everything, I think it would have been interesting to see him. I'm not going to miss him, though. So we've got some dead weight off the books for the Mets, and their bullpen as of right now consists of the left-hander Brooks Raley, Drew Smith, who should never be in a high-leverage situation ever again, at least for next season, and you have Edwin Diaz coming back off the injury, hopeful to be ready for opening day. That's your bullpen right now, and your starting rotation is Jose Quintana and Kodai Senga. Now, you have a few other guys who will probably wind up popping their head in at some point next season. David Peterson um, has an injury. He's going to be out until about May or June next se- of next season, so he's not going to be in the mix. But uh, Tyler McGill, um, Joey Lucchese, Jose Buto, um, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, whether or not they bring up, start bringing up the kids like the Mac- Mike Vassals or the Christian Scotts or the Tyler Stewart's or uh, some of the guys like that, the prospects, which I don't see them starting next season off, but they'll leave room for the possibility. So you'll have those guys there. You'll have the depth pieces. That's what you have in terms of pitching as we begin this offseason. So that is that should be the focus. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in. Yamamoto, Yoshinobu, Nobu, Yoshinobu, Yamamoto. We've talked about this name quite a bit. That's the first time I threw the first name in there. Should have practiced that. Um, he has finally been posted by his Japanese team uh, earlier today. And uh, I am very intrigued to see how long he will be on the market because that's the first big domino to drop. I think there's a chance he signs before Otani. If I have to pick one, give me Yamamoto. But anyway, with that, he is here, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Hastings is with us tonight. Dave, how you doing? Not too bad, Mike. How about yourself? I'm hanging in. I'm doing okay. Doing all right. So we will start. We'll go. We'll shift. I was talking a little baseball before you came in. And I already got some of my uh, fantasy football talk out of the way, but we could get back into that later. But NFL week 11 in the books here. And I don't know what stood out to you, but I guess a good place to start. Very nice to see Tony Pollard get back in the end zone for the first time since the first week of the season. And the Cowboys steamroll the Carolina Panthers 33-10. to 10. Yeah, I mean, look, Dak Prescott, since the loss to San Francisco, is a top three quarterback in the league. I'm not saying he is for the whole season. Just saying since the loss to San Francisco is a top three quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard probably looked the best he's looked all year long. And it's against the one of one, one nine Carolina Panthers. So I'd like to see it back to back weeks just simply for the team, not just fantasy wise, but simply for the team. They need him to be productive. Um, but can we talk about Deron Bland? Mm. 
I knew I, I knew I was going to forget that. Thank you for bringing that fourth up. Fourth interception to the house. He has as many as many touchdowns as the Jets' entire wide receiver room, the Giants' entire wide receiver room, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. Um, I mean, the list is kind of absurd. Uh, he's tied the NFL record through 10 games for most interceptions uh, returned for a touchdown in a single season. Mm-hmm. He's got similar statistics to both Champ Bailey and uh, – oh, my God, what Charles Woodson did and Stephen Gilmore did when, all, when those three players each won Defensive Player of the Year. It's absurd what he's doing. There's 10 weeks left. I just hope the kid continues to grow and succeed. And it, it was just seeing him do that, his, his ball skills, his ability to, you know, go from defense to offense, and just the moments where he makes those plays have been nothing short of amazing this year. He's been special to watch. That was a, that was a great play he made on um, Sunday when he returned that one. Yeah, that was a hell of a play. Again, one and nine Carolina Panthers. Not going to get too high, but <laughs> they they look pretty good and they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. And hopefully that continues on Thursday. Um, but we'll, we can get to next week's games uh, when we get there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean that that without a doubt, I'm always going to enjoy Cowboys win. But I mean, you could start from the first game of the week uh, in the game that uh, we picked um, the Bengals Ravens game Thursday night, yeah. Joe Burrow goes down for the season. Um, I, I don't know what the Bengals are supposed to do. Um, just simply due to the fact that you saw how he was the first couple of weeks. Uh, I'll admit when I said they should have benched them and, and let him get healthy. But he was struggling, and so did the team with with a slow start. And then he was balling, and they win, uh, what, like four in a row. But now he's out for the year. Uh, huge hit to the team, huge loss to the Ravens, uh, who now have the number one seed if the playoffs were to start today, thanks to Kansas City losing to the Eagles on Monday, which uh, is a very sore spot of a conversation for me right now. Um, <laughs> but... You know, that, that's huge, man. Uh, the game itself was pretty competitive, but, like, then the Bengals hiding the injury. He came off the plane with something on his arm. There's mm-hmm. still no information on what the injury is or what it was. and Yeah. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see how that's going to unfold because I, I, I brought it up earlier before you came on real quick. I know there was – was there just a photo? There was video with that too where you saw that, right? It was like a – it was a bad video, but it's a video that you can see it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people were upset about that one, especially uh, I heard from uh gambling part of Twitter that, um, yeah, a lot of people were not happy that that could have been withheld. Yeah. As they should be, and that so the NFL will probably find them pretty huge. They could even possibly lose a draft pick. 
So, I mean, there's this is a big deal because the amount of money that's involved with it, if we're being honest, that's for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, No, I I, definitely go ahead. Yeah, no, but it's just a bigger blow to the team where you want to talk fantasy and what's this do to Jamar Chase or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things this impacts that financial people with a lot of money have investments in and. I mean, they're supposed to report an injury. You don't get off the plane with some kind of cast or wrap around your arm and not have that be something that should be reported on the injury list. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any chance that he had this and kept it from the team? <clears throat> I mean, the guy threw a football without getting touched and was officially ruled out for the season. I don't imagine how you don't know that earlier than the game it happens in. That's a good point. I don't really know too much more to add on this one. We'll just, we'll see how that one goes. I will say this. So when we got off the air last week, it's kind of going back and forth with a guy uh, for a trade, try to get DK Metcalf. I had been putting in, Brian Robinson off the big game last Sunday and uh, Luke Musgrave because he's got Dallas Goddard. He's out. He asked to put in T Higgins. And I had gotten so sick of T Higgins by this point, just because he had missed the game last week. Wasn't very good in the beginning of the season. Injuries, all that stuff. I said, you got a deal. Made the trade. This was last Tuesday. And then that happens. Robinson had a big game. Metcalf did what I needed him to do, even though I lost by less than one point there. But uh, I was okay with trading T. Higgins before Thursday night happened. So that's all I got there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, he then had the Steelers-Browns game. That was um, a surprise, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I mean this the the Browns had uh uh what's his name? Uh Dorian Thompson Robinson starting at quarterback. And the Steelers are pretty healthy going into the game and they end up losing on a last second field goal. Offensively just inconsistent. You got Kenny Pickett just throwing the ball to people that don't exist. And all of a sudden, you sit there, and two days later, or, yeah, two days later, the Steelers fired their offensive coordinator. I mean, it's crazy. Like, because, I mean, statistically, the Steelers on offense are just horrible. And that's why they lost to a guy that I don't know if ever started a game before. I think he had started one earlier in the season and it did not go very well, if I remember correctly. But I I, I could tell you this. I feel like I've been hearing from the Steeler fan base for a while. They've wanted Matt Canada out. So I guess the front office finally caught up with them. And yeah, I mean, you have a guy in picking. You have some talent on that offense there. And I think a lot of it is the inexperience on Pickett, but at some point the coaches do have to help him out there. Doesn't seem like Canada's ever really been able to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If I'm sitting here looking at Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, I'm having a conversation with myself on who's starting at that, that quarterback. That'd be That's interesting. Yep. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we can keep going off of that there. I had already kind of went through some of these late um, earlier, but Green Bay and the uh, Chargers, pretty tight game. Chargers looked like they were going to pull it out. Green Bay scores a touchdown with about two and a half minutes left. And the Chargers had the chance to tie that game up. And once again, they blow it late. Ball goes right through Quentin Johnston's hands. He would have had some daylight. And yeah, Chargers fall back in the division. Do this, the Chargers at four and six on the season in last place in that AFC West. Chiefs did lose, so they don't lose, you know, they don't lose a lot of ground, but they still three games back at this point. I mean, they've lost five games, five out of their six games by three points or less. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how else you explain it, right? Like, I mean, you're losing the close games. They're not getting killed with penalties or killed with turnovers. They're just late in the game, not executing on one side of the ball or both. And I really don't think you can continue um, Staley's coaching career and tie it to Herbert. Mm. I just don't think you can. I think you got to get a creative, fun, uh, offensive-minded head coach and get a solid veteran defensive coordinator that just knows what they want to do and does it and doesn't try to get all fancy. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you lose five out out of your – having six losses on the year at this point and having five of them be by three points or less, it means you don't know how to win close games. And that's a big slight on on Staley is he's been arguably – the most inconsistent head coach in the NFL over the last three or four years. Yeah. I mean, at this this point, you extended Herbert, you gave him the long, big deal. You got to, you got to, I don't know. I just, I'd be so tired of it if I was a Chargers fan. Yeah. I would say if, if they don't turn around this season, he's probably not long for the, uh, the coaching world there. At least in San Diego. Then you had um, Detroit wind up pulling it out over Chicago. I mean, this this was a game. I, I know Chicago had the, the early lead. Detroit winds up coming back there. Justin Fields does wind up returning. Had a decent game, 104 yards on the ground. Throws for one touchdown there. Detroit winds up pulling it out. Not totally surprised by that one. A little upset they didn't look more to um, Sam Laporta, my guy there, but still a decent showing for Detroit. I mean, I don't think there's any way you can argue Detroit's one of the best teams in the league. I, I just mm-hmm. that simple. I mean, they came back from down um, twenty. Uh, they were down what was it, twenty six seventeen, with like four minutes left or five minutes left, like. They made a hell of a rally to come back, defense, offense. I, I mean, they just found a way, and 
It also shows you how much room Chicago has to grow and why they should be really, really happy that right now they have the number one and potentially number three pick uh, in this year's draft. So, I mean, yeah, you, you roll with it. You either decide if you're building around Justin Fields and, you know, trade back and try to get more picks or you decide you're starting brand new and you get a new quarterback and whatever else you decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you have the Giants. Giants wind up going into Washington. As I said earlier, Brian Robinson has a really big game on the ground, but Tommy DeVito actually aired it out a little bit there. I'm not saying he was great or anything, but good enough, and the Giants wind up pulling it out 31-19 over the Washington Commanders. Yeah, DeVito went 18-26 for over 240 yards and three touchdowns. Nope. (laughs) I mean, that's I don't know what else you can ask for from the kid. Um, not bad for a guy that sleeps in his mom's house. I'm proud of him. <laughs> but Saquon uh, Barkley had a huge game. Uh, they really, really em- emphasized using him. I'm looking at the stats now. He had 14 carries for 83 yards, almost a six-yard average. And four catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns. Like, he did his job. And he did it really well. So, I mean, and then the commanders, they turned the ball over like 10,000 times. I mean, it was crazy. I'm trying to, I'm trying. Yeah. Three interceptions and three lost fumbles. Yeah. They lost the turnover battle, uh, six to nothing. Like, (laughs) worse any. And they, but also, like, I mean, I don't know. You won by 12, and it was because of a pick six at the end of the game. So, neither team is good, but the Giants, uh, DeVito deserves his props, and, and I think that's what should come out of this game. Saquon Barkley's still very good at football, and DeVito can throw the ball, so let him. Yeah. I will be interested to see if he can do it against a better team. But nice, nice to see that, you know, he could actually make the throws when they let him there. So, um, huh? yep. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville winds up getting their win back after the big blowout loss to the Niners, putting down the Tennessee Titans. I said this earlier. If you are a Derrick Henry owner in fantasy football, you're starting to worry quite a bit. Yeah, because I have them. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to trade him. Yeah, my trade deadline's gone. I don't have a choice now. I'm stuck. Our, my trade trade deadline is apparently week 14, which is the last week of the fantasy regular season. Yeah, mine was uh, this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and I know there was a little bit of Hope with the Jets still. Buffalo winds up dominating the Jets basically every just about every way possible. 32 to 6. And if Aaron Rodgers does wind up coming back, if he is targeting mid-December, what is there going to be a season worth coming back to? I mean, Tim Boyle is going to save the gonna be this. Mike White for the Jets. He's going to do it. 
I don't look, honestly, pick- I don't know why they didn't do this sooner. Zach Wilson sucks. Everybody knows he sucks. And if the defense goes against a really good offense, this team usually is most likely going to get blown out. You saw that with Buffalo last night. You saw it when they played Dallas a couple weeks a month ago. Um, oh hell, man, that's two months ago now. Shit. Yeah. Um, but like when they go against good offenses, they they the defense can only hold up for so long. And that's what happened on Sunday night. Now Tim Boyle is going to be uh, starting a quarterback, and um, Simeon's going to be the number two, and Zach Wilson's dropped all the way to the three. So, yay for all Jets fans. That's got to suck. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. And so my first game with DK Metcalf on my roster, I will say I was very happy there. Seattle, I know Geno Smith winds up going down with an injury. We get a little uh, Drew Locke sighting. That does not go well. Seattle uh, winds up losing. To the Rams, 17-6 in a game. Cooper Cup wound up leaving it during the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, I I was at that point only worried about fantasy football. <laughs> and I was going against Cup, so I wasn't upset. And it sounded like it wasn't a big injury. So I, I, I was playing I was yeah, I was playing against Cup myself. So yeah, uh, not happy it happened for him, but not yeah. bad. Yeah, but you know, I'm not mad that it's only probably the that game, and he'll play this coming week. So, um, but the Geno injury could be huge, man. I don't know how bad it is. It seems like uh, you'll know more tomorrow, but I don't, I don't know how bad it is. I, I think he's expected to play uh, Thursday against the Niners, so we'll see. But yeah, Seattle can't really afford to lose a couple in a row. The uh, San Fran's not gonna. Have another three game losing streak this season. I'm willing to bet money on that one. Mm-hmm. And I think they also wound up losing Kenny Walker early in this game, too. Zach uh, Charbonnet, I believe is his name, wound up filling in a running back there. I think he's expected to miss Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So. Oh, that's a, that's big for them. That's right. Like he's another guy that you don't want that they really can't afford to lose on that offense. So, I mean, when you got yeah. next. You can just kind of throw it every now and then, but you still you still need somebody that can put the ball where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if anything else stood out to you this week. I'm not going to lie, though. I did I did not wind up catching much of that Denver-Minnesota game, so I don't know if that stood out to you. Anything else you saw this week? I mean... All I know is the Vikings finally had their win streak come to an end and the Broncos extended their win streak. So, I, the NFL, I have absolutely no freaking clue what's going to happen on a week-to-week basis, and my pick uh record would prove that correct. So, uh, But, I mean, the Eagles-Chiefs game, dude, that, I don't know how you don't want to talk about that. We're going to pretend I was leaving that for you on purpose. Okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, holy shit, dude. I mean, the Chiefs up 17-7 at half. Seven, you're up 10 points at half, and you force a three and out on the opening drive, which means you could score three times in a row 
before the next time the Eagles potentially would score. And no, you shit the bet. And you end up scoring zero points in the second half and losing 21-17. You're at home with a really good defense. And as an offense led by Patrick Mahomes, you couldn't score once. You have a big drop by uh, MVS, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Scantling. This fucking dude drops the game-winning touchdown. There's oh oh my god the drops they had I think they had seven last night. They started sixty percent from on third down and I think they only converted two third downs in the second half. Pick in the red zone, fumble in the red zone. Kansas City just straight collapsed. Philly just stayed patient, hung with it, grinded away and. Ends up walking away with the win on the road against Kansas City. Just unbelievable. Cannot believe the Chiefs. I hate the Eagles. I'm not happy about it. But at the same time, I will respect the Eagles for just staying the course and and get and, and finding a way to get that win. You just mm-hmm. I respect it. I just I can't for how much I hate them. I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. They did wind up really showing up when they needed to. I will say this. First time I, I can never remember watching a Kansas City game and, and looking in and seeing the players kind of letting the the, the, um, the emotions and everything get to them. I did see a fair amount of tension on the sidelines there between Kelsey and Mahomes and some of them early in the uh, – I think, I think it was the first quarter. It was before Kelsey – had his touchdown reception, I think. So I definitely think that they, they let some things get to them last night there. But it's Kansas City, though. So, I mean, very surprising to see them not be able to put that together last night. I, it'll, I'm looking forward to seeing – well, I mean, obviously I want the Eagles not to go very far. But if they wind up doing a Super Bowl rematch again – be good. Be good to see the uh, the tiebreaker there. Each side's got one. I mean, sorry, my dude. I mean, that's one way to look at it. I say I hate the Eagles, and I hope they don't even win one playoff game. So that that I, I don't <laughs> even think about it. I don't want to even acknowledge the idea that they could be playing in the Super Bowl again this year. I don't care how true it is. <laughs> I'm not talking about it because I'm not going to put it into the at world and and let me be any reason that they go there. They're not going there. Their luck's going to run out. Fuck it. I don't care. Their luck's going to run out, and I don't know when or how, but it's going to. Bitter Cowboys fan because of the Chiefs. We mm. got that. All right. I get you on that. I'll, t- I'll tell you the one thing that I, um, that I didn't like about last night's game. So I had I brought this up briefly before you came on here, but I- I'll say this again. So I go into last night's game up by three points. My team kind of shit the bed this week. Derrick Henry, Sam Laporta, my kicker did nothing. So I'm only up by three points. He has DeAndre Swift. I have Devontae Smith. Oh. I think I, yes. Yes. I think I managed to say both those names correctly, too. So I'm proud of myself. Anyway, um, 
I think Swift got more early usage. I think at one point, the only people on Philadelphia who caught passes were Devontae Smith and DeAndre Swift. But Swift had done slightly more. So I think for most of the game, I was down by like maybe five points, I think. So the last big play of the game is that big bomb that Smith winds up getting where he goes down at the two-yard line. I believe they they um, they uh, marked him down at. So he got six catches, 99 yards. I am up by point one five points at this point. So all and the, like- so in other Go words, that's just, Swift would just need two yards. Swift would need one catch and one yard, which is exactly what he got on the very next fucking play. And I lost by point eight six points. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, I don't mean to sound like a dick, but for the first time all season, I can say to you, I went three and zero in my fantasy leagues. Hey, all right, all right. I can that's be mad only, at myself. As I'm still in, I'm in first place in one league, third place in another league, and eighth place in another league. I can still be happy that you won, despite what happened to to me this week. So I am happy you got back off the Schneid a little bit there. Got back in the win column. That's very nice. We're going to take some time out of this here because we have to welcome someone in who's joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Pfeiffer is with us tonight. Fife, how you doing? Good, man. Two weeks in a row, huh? Yeah. Good to have you, buddy. Don't, hey, don't set, a, don't set me up for sadness. I'm going to start expecting this. So you, you, be, <laughs> you communicate. Communicate. <laughs> it's good to it's good to have you back man um so we like we just went through the whole week here probably gonna do picks in a minute here we were just talking about our fantasy teams a little bit i you've talked about your fantasy team i'll tell you right now because you've mentioned before your team got the fugazi three and oh start fife i can sympathize with you a little bit there because i've kind of felt like my team's fugazi all year because i had the three and oh start lost the next two weeks Won five in a row, and it did lose this week by 0.86 points. But I'm doing it with among the fewest points scored out of anyone in the league. So just so you know, you're not the only one who's had struggles this year, buddy. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's schedule, whatever, you know. Um, it is what it is. Like, uh, so I just had another high score of the week. The league I'm in, we pay out the high score of the week every week. Mm. So it keeps people interested, keeps people invested, keeps people, you know, even the guy who's 0-10, um, who has had a bad, just had a bad beat season. Like, he keeps, he's, he's put up numbers, but he just keeps playing the guy, and I've never seen anything like it. He just keeps playing the guy who puts up more numbers. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, he doesn't have a bad team. I was just like, I, I watched him go 0-10, and I was like, I don't know how to have got to win this week but uh you know i've seen teams that have that low point total and just have that luck of the draw all year and they go on to make the playoffs and at least cash out but i've got high score of the week two of the last three weeks after i went on a five game losing streak i went and i just won three i'm at the top of my division again um and all i did was 
once I realized that things with my draft weren't panning out, like I had a core and I liked that core. But once I realized that certain guys weren't dropping out, they weren't going to pan out or, you know, weren't doing what I needed them to do. I didn't mind cutting ties with them to go with somebody who I thought would. I started going for ceiling guys like Tank Dell. Um, the best thing that could have happened to me was Darren Waller's hamstring injury because then I went out and picked up Dalton Schultz, um, mm. who was, you know, and a couple of these guys were dropped. Uh, I got the Browns defense, who's one of the top, is the top five fantasy defense. Nice. They're just very consistent week in and week out. You know, they can get you a, a crazy amount of points, but they've been getting uh, the CBS league. They've been getting a minimum 12, 13 points, which is great. You know, it's just I don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, and then CJ Stroud was a guy who I tried to pick up early in the season. Um, I drafted Sean Watson, and then I threw a, a, a Hail Mary at the, in the late rounds on a Daniel Jones. So, obviously, you know, things weren't panning out. Uh, Watson was hurt. Jones was terrible. Then Jones got hurt. It was around week three or four I tried to make a waiver claim on uh, C.J. Stroud. And because I went 3-0, and I was low on the waivers. Uh, so, I ended up not getting him. But I looked at the team who got him quarterback, and they were fine. So, I knew Stroud had a bye in week seven. So, I just waited. And that person who actually used to be on the show ended up dropping Mr. Stroud week seven. I picked him up. Uh, I, I basically sacrificed week seven because I believe the Browns may have also been on a bye. Um, and I just, I went out and I picked up those strong players that guys were dropping simply because it's a short bench league. Uh, that guys were simply dropping because they didn't have the bench space or they needed you know, a bye week fill-in, and they thought that, that maybe they'd be able to make a waiver claim on them the next week. I jumped on those. You know, I actually picked some of those up in week to make sure they never made it to the second round of waivers after the week was over. And then, you know, again, sacrificed two or three weeks along that five-game losing streak to make sure that I was able to bolster up my roster. And to be honest with you, uh, last point on fantasy football, that's something I've learned. If you look at over the last two years, now there's no saying that this will continue on in the future, but you look at good offenses who aren't great teams, right? Like last year was Detroit Lions. I guarantee you a lot of league winners had Detroit Lions on their team. Whether it was Amon Ra, somebody they would have probably got early, or uh, a Jamal Williams who had a very good year, right? Well, now mm. this year, that's the Houston Texans, and that's I, I feel like I identified that early on in the season, that it looked like, you know, maybe the, I didn't know if they were going to win a lot of games, which uh, they have been. I didn't know they were going to win a lot of games, but I knew they were going to have to score a lot of points, and from the first few weeks of the season, it looked like they had the capability of doing so. So I sort of pegged them as my Detroit Lions of this year, and I've been racking up points. Now, there's nothing to say that that's going to continue. But uh, I, I think that, you know, that was a very good identification on my part, not trying to pat myself on the back. But, uh, you know, just to see that, you know, these guys are going to want to, even if they're up, they're still going to want to be putting up points. Um, and they are. And you got Tank Dell's been going nuts. Uh, I even, crazy enough, I have C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell, and Dalton Schultz. My other receiver 
is I'm on Ross St. Brown. I play in a three-receiver, two-running-back league, no flex. And uh, my other is I'm on Ross St. Brown. Then I got Ridley, Godwin, right? So I've been looking for a wide receiver three all year uh, since I got tanked. I thought Ridley was going to be my two, but apparently not. And uh, so I even tried to trade for Nico Collins. I was just going to be the Houston Texans for the rest of the year. But, but the trade didn't go through. <laughs> nice. I, as, I, I, I am a Tico, uh, Nico Collins owner myself. So I, I hear you on that one. I, I Tank has been coming on pretty good the last few weeks, though. I will say that. So if you only got one of them, I'm a little upset to say it, but I think you got the right one. Well, and then you know who's going to hit your waivers pretty soon again probably is Noah Brown. The second oh, I dropped him. The second you see an injury to Tank Dell or Nico Collins and a Noah Brown's healthy, you grab Noah Brown because he's going to mm. put up points. But it's, he's one of those guys where, like, injury, you know, they always say in the NFL injuries don't lose guys' spot on the raw, you know, like uh, the depth chart. So – when the healthy guys come back, Noah Brown kind of falls back into his role. But when those guys, those guys get dinged up, you know, again, like when Pierce comes back, Singletary's not going to be putting up these crazy numbers. They're going to give Pierce another shot to run the ball. But you might see a more of a split between the two going forward. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's like uh, Rasheem Mostert and uh, HN in Miami, who I think went down again this past Sunday, kind of the same thing there, you know, most yeah. of winds up start. Yeah. Most of winds up starting a year off. Good. H hand winds up having the ridiculous, um, what was it? Week three. I know most did pretty good too, but coming out of that week three, H hand kind of took a little bit of a lead Then he really hammered it home and then he got hurt. Well, and I think Miami's one of those teams, uh, like the old Denver Broncos or, you know, the recent San Francisco 49ers, like, mm. Um, if Moster gets hurt, eight hands out, boom, next man up, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., Salvin Ahmed, you know. I believe Ahmed even had a touchdown this past weekend. Like, right. I, don't, I think this anyone who's running the ball on that team is going to be able to run the ball well. It doesn't hurt that they're all talented runners. You know, they just stacked themselves up with it. Other than eight hand who's a rookie, we don't really know, but they stacked themselves up with talented runners who get injured. So that one man in, one man out type of thing is what it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I am just happy I, I, I was able Because I had Raheem uh, Mostert I had him I drafted him second to last round Third to last round, something like that And I also had Jordan Addison Who did pr- pretty well um, Right as uh, Jefferson went down there Traded both of them, wound up getting Rashad White from Tampa Bay and Drake London, who we'll see what we get from there. But I've liked what Rashad White has done so far. So, well, and if I can make a, also if I can make another recommendation for uh, sure. next season, if you can remember, um, I think it was like early August, maybe late July, probably early August. I started, um, I started doing best balls on DraftKings, so I got into a twenty entry, uh, three dollar oh. per entry. Um, best ball tournament on DraftKings. And what it is, it cost me 60 bucks, right? But it's all season long. And there's a chance to win a good amount of money. You have to, through the first 14 weeks, you have to place either first or second um, in order to move on to the next round. And it's just, it, told, it takes your best lineup for the week 
and that's that's the number of points you get. And then the next week, your lineup resets. Whatever your total number from the best lineup that week is then added, and so on and so forth. But for sixty bucks, um, you know, a chance to win a good amount of money. But I have rosters that I can look at. I don't have to set anything. It's just a best ball tournament where your your best scores go in. But what's cool about it is they have two different types of drafts as well. There's the 30-second draft where you get 30 seconds of pick. You bang those out in like an hour and 15 minutes. And then they have the eight-hour draft where you get eight hours per pick, which oh, is geez. pretty cool. What? When you're, yeah, well, when you're joining um, 20 of them, they just keep on coming back up, right? So, like, what I would do is I would join two a day and just kind of space them out and, and see what, how it fell. And, again, I, I entered 20 – uh, 20 rosters into this thing, but you draft. So it's eight hours. So you may draft a guy and then may not see it come back around to you for a day and a half, two days. But towards the end of it, it starts to pick up a little bit more. And then again, the 30 second drafts are fun too, because, you know, hour and 15 minutes, you, you know, you just drafted a team. And I think drafting is one of my favorite parts of fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's never lost to me how important that, draft really can be because i know very early on i was heavy into trades and everything last decade or so i've kind of just like you more appreciate trying to get it right during the draft you try and get it right during the draft but you also need to be able to pivot like um Mm -hmm. i learned i learned i used to be stubborn on guys that i would draft like no this is going to end up panning out like a lot of times sometimes it does like the numbers end up going back your way when you have a guy like say calvin ridley put up 23 points non-PPR this past week, right? He wasn't doing shit for a while. Um, you never know. Like, this could be the start of his pickup where his numbers even out. Like, a 1,000-yard receiver, a lot of times there's a 1,000-yard receiver. So, like, you know, he starts out the year real slow. He may get to that 1,000 yards, and he might be putting up. But you got to know when – you got to, like, pivot off of guys. Like, I stopped putting Ramondre Stevenson in my lineup just because I drafted him, you know, in the, whatever, fourth, fifth round. You know, Brian Robinson Jr. was a guy who's very high on going in. And when he plays well, my team wins. And then I, uh, people gave me a lot of flack because I drafted Saquon, partially because I'm a Giants fan, but partially because I looked at that receiver room and I knew that that guy was going to be the offense again. I took him third overall. And a lot of people were giving me shit. But when he's been playing, he's been putting up the points. So I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I just traded Brian Robinson myself there. So I am hoping Geno Smith uh, comes back because I traded him for DK Metcalf with a couple others. Anyway, what did you say? I said I got you. Okay. All right. Um, I think with that, I want to move to picks here. Fife, I know you probably don't have much time yet, but I want to bring this up real fast here because Dave – We've been talking about this for a while. We were hoping it was going to happen. Jerry Jones announced on Sunday, Jimmy Johnson will be added to the Cowboys ring of honor on December 30th. Long overdue. Hopefully the curse can be broken. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Great to see though. No, great to see Jimmy Johnson was a huge impact on he made the arguably the greatest trade in NFL history when he traded Herschel Walker. He brought back one of the you know bigger franchises in the league, made him relevant again. 
and then was sent out the door simply because the owner was a jealous asshole. Oh, I'm mm. sorry. Is still a jealous asshole. <laughs> and then watched another the team you helped build win one more Super Bowl the year after you left. <laughs> so, yeah, he deserves it. Cowboys fans. Uh, Jerry's doing it for Cowboys fans. He knows how many how many fans are, were pissed about. Uh, everybody loved Ware, but there's still a lot of people pissed about Jer- uh, Jimmy not getting in first. Mm-hmm. Oh, we talked about it here. We definitely agreed with the anger on that one because, like you said, Ware definitely belongs in. But if you're saying that, the architect of the 90s, belongs in as well so nice to see that's finally going to get corrected there all right i think with that let's move to some picks here just to recap where we've been here so uh fife you want to do picks with us or you want shamal rose to join us yeah larry's here hey how you doing larry larry shamal rose everybody how you doing tonight doing pretty good Nice. All right. Oh, God. So to recap last week here, all three of us had Baltimore beating Cincinnati. All three of us had Jacksonville beating Tennessee. All three of us had Houston beating Arizona. And all three of us had Kansas City beating Philadelphia. So we had four and one. And then the Chargers and Green Bay game, myself and Mr. Five, uh, Mr. Schmelrose there both had the Chargers. Dave had Green Bay, so that means me and Fife went three and two last week. Dave went four and one. So That's me and Dave more like it. There you go. <laughs> so me and Dave both tied at twenty six and nine on the season. Schmelrose, obviously, you're undefeated for the weeks you weren't here. For week six and eleven, you are six and four all total there. So above yeah, five hundred. There you go. There you go. So for this week, I think we'll do it a little differently here. Um, We'll pick all three of the Thanksgiving games, and then each one of us will do our normal spot, one game each. Good? Yeah, why don't we – so, Fife, uh, since I'm sure – how much time do you have? I've got about 10 minutes. All right, Mike, let's whiz through the first – the Thanksgiving games, because I think we're all going to pick the same teams. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. All right. Right? So, I, I, like Lions, Cowboys, Niners. Yep. Yep. All right. So, that, that'll do it for the Thanksgiving games. Let me just write this down here. We will all have Detroit beating the – actually, you know something? I'm going to make things a little differently here just because I'd like to see if I can gain a game. I'm going to go with Green Bay over Detroit. Wow. Yep. Just to you be fun. That or are you just really trying to be different and get a game lead? We're going to go with Green Bay over Detroit. What'd you say? That's what we call no comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the one I the one I can't believe I'm doing is I actually I, I am going to stick with Dallas on that one. So we'll we'll see on that. Just re- just remember, folks, if if uh, the Cowboys lose, I'm sorry, and yeah. we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's a division game. It's a division game. They should wipe the floor with Washington, but you never know. So, and I'll go with San Francisco there too. So, all right, we have that. 
So now, Dave, were you? Well, I tell you what, Schmel Rose, you're here. We'll let we'll let Schmel Rose start it off with Larry Schmel Rose's shit show of the week. Ah, the glory days of 2007 and 2011 are far, <laughs> far, 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 far behind us. But if I did not pick this game to be the shit show of the week, <laughs> what kind of shit show picker would I be? You know, when so I first I'm pulled up take, this, Go ahead. I'm going to take the Patriots at the New York football Giants. Um, I think uh, John Mara is going to owe everybody a large Pepsi maybe this year instead of medium. Um, maybe a beer, you know? Anyway, um, I don't know. I don't think Tommy DeVito is as good as he looked. Uh, I know Mac Jones is not good. Uh, You know what? Let me say Saquon Barkley finds a way to put the team on his back again. Kayvon Thibodeau, a couple of sacks against a slow mobile quarterback. Unless they bench Mac, I don't know if that's going to happen. There's probably a chance that that happens. But give me the Giants over the Patriots this week. Shit show of the week. Because, because, and I'm a, proud to be a fan of an organization that the word tank is not in their vocabulary. But if they can do anything meaningless to move back in the draft, the New York football giants will find a way to do it. And one of those will be beating the Patriots. Mm. <laughs> well said. Well said. All right. I, um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be different on this one. I'll go with the Giants on that one, too, simply because, I mean, I think both teams are really not good. Giants are home, though, so we'll go with the Giants. Dave, who you got? So, I I don't know who to pick, so I asked Amanda, and she said the Giants aren't going to win. So, <laughs> give, give me the Patriots winning on the road. What are you uh, doing with such a smart woman, Dave? <laughs> I trust me. I'm pretty sure I, I it was the atmosphere of uh, uh of um, of Hoover's. Thank you, of Hoover <laughs> that, that got her to agree to keep talking to me. Oh, cool. Beautiful. All right, so we got that, Dave. Between the two of us, do you remember who went first last week? I believe it was me. All right. So that'll make me up next with Aglioloro's Aggravation of the Week. Hmm. And, all right, for the aggravation... Dave, I hope I'm not taking yours right here, but I'm going to go with that Sunday night matchup, Baltimore taking on the Chargers. Because I could see this being an aggravation game for me because I do have Justin Herbert. While I do like Justin Herbert, Baltimore is playing very well right now, in my opinion. Coming off. Huh? Big injury, man. Losing Mark Andrews. Big injury. Isaiah likely did wind up doing pretty good in his absence the last time he went down. So, and, you know, full allotment of wide receivers. Chargers defense is not that great to begin with. And you still have Lamar Jackson there. 
you know, and everybody running all over the place. I want to pick the Chargers here because I really want to see Justin Herbert throw like five touchdowns or something. And it, it, it'll likely be a close game because you said earlier that what? They've lost five games by three points or less. Give me five Baltimore. The- huh? Five out of their six. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Baltimore beating the Chargers. All right, real quick, because I'm going to take Baltimore too. Shmel Rose, were you going to take Baltimore as well? Yeah, I was going to take Baltimore, um, you know, okay. and then as to the point of Mark Andrews real quick uh, and Isaiah Likely, honestly, I think the guy who starts to show up more in fantasy from Baltimore out of all that will be Odell. Right. He had a huge game Thursday night over 100 yards, first time mm-hmm. in like four years since he had a hundred I feel like he's going to pick up – suddenly he's okay with you – know, he doesn't play with Eli anymore. He's, he's okay. Like, he's happy to run slants now, which he's very good at. Um, yeah. So, I, I think he's going to pick think... up a lot of that over-the-middle type of stuff that uh, they're going to be missing from Andrews. And it's just going to – you know, he's just going to be Odell. Uh, he's a good player, man. He, you know, he just had a bum knee and then whatever. You know, he's playing with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Um and he had an attitude problem in New York because I'm a Giants fan, so that's what I'm going to say it was. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think he's the one who picks up the yardage and the, and the points. So my question is, since we're all picking Baltimore, can we actually say the way we choose this game? And, Mike, I think, I think this is how you should write it down. Okay. It's not that the Chargers will lose. Is that let's make it – Three and a half. So, do the Chargers lose by three or less or four or more since they've lost five out of their six games by three points? And I don't want anybody having a uh, getting a push. So, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it at three and a half. I think Baltimore covers. So All, right, so Baltimore. All right. So, you got Baltimore. You got Baltimore giving the four points. Basically, oh, on the road too. Don't forget, they're yeah. on the road. I'll still not... take them. Get yeah. So that that is how I think we should pick this game. So, Mike, do you think Baltimore wins by four or more, or three or less? So if I go three or less, that means I'm picking the Chargers, right? Or four or less, right? No. If you go three or less, it basically means you're picking the Chargers to lose by three, like they normally do. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm, I think it'll be a close game. Like, I do think it'll be a high-scoring game, but I think the Chargers make it close. I'm going to say it's Chargers by less than three points. So just, just so you just, know, just so you guys know, that is the actual spread on the game, too. Oh, wow. Nice. I'm not surprised at all. All right. At all, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Ravens uh, winning by four or more. So, so yeah, Mike, I the way you would write this down would be ra- uh, just Ravens plus four plus or Chargers three uh, three minus. All right, all right, I got so time I for I... one more. All right, all right. So, Bit, it is time ahead, for the. Hastings highlight of the week. 
Uh, it's got to be the Bills, Eagles, 425. Buffalo coming off of a nice divisional win uh, against the Jets, who really kind of suck. Uh, Philly coming off of a short week, but a huge win on the road against Kansas City. Um, I got to be honest, if Buffalo doesn't turn over the ball, they win this game. I don't care if they don't force any turnovers. I'm just saying if they don't turn over the ball themselves, they win this game. Philadelphia is a team that has. I mean, when you think of that Monday night game and a lot of the games the Eagles have won this year, they've had a decent amount of good things bounce their way. Um, And, I mean, that defense last night against Kansas City and how they played in that second half was nothing short of impressive. But overall, that was definitely a game I think they probably should have lost. Um, And they play it close. So Buffalo is a team where when they don't turn over the ball, they tend to score. And I, I don't think Philly's a team that can consistently keep up with shootouts. So I'm going to take – sadly, I'm going to take Philly because they're going to be able to get a pass rush on Josh Allen and he'll throw at least two interceptions. So give me Philly. I agree with Dave. I'm taking Philly. Come on, Mike. Go with Buffalo. Do it. Uh, no, I, listen, I I think the fact that this game is not in Buffalo is kind of pushing me over the edge here. Like Buffalo definitely showed out last week, but it, and you know, Jets might have one of the better defenses in the league, but it's still the Jets. To me, they're still a beatable team. This is going to be a test for them. I know you brought up the luck and everything, but Sometimes better lucky than good, man. I'd go with Philadelphia here until Buffalo gives me a reason to say otherwise. I'm taking Philadelphia, too. All right, boys. Been fun. I got to go be old and skate around. Have a good time, Fife. Go get a dub and uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me, boys. See you later. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. You and yours, my man. You too, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) I would have forgotten too if Dave didn't say that. So not just you, buddy. Take care. So I gotta own it. Uh, Amanda reminded me to say it. So we're all. Ah, that makes all the sense in the world. We're all in the same boat here. But thank you to Eric Pfeiffer and Larry Schmelrose. Always good to have them back here. So, uh, did you have any? Well, the one thing I want to ask you, I guess we'll be uh, we'll move off of football here, basketball wise. I don't know if you have anything else, but um, some some things going on in Chicago with your boy Zach Levine there, huh? Oh my God, Mike! Why do we have to do this? It's just so. Sorry. Okay. Uh... Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, dude, I mean, it's like he doesn't want to shoot the ball. I don't know if he's trying to lower his trade value, trying to get Billy Donovan fired. Like, I genuinely have no clue what's going on. And not being in Chicago, I don't, you know, get access to all of their games. So I kind of have to uh, follow Twitter and live by what I see. But it hasn't been happy or positive or good in any form or fashion okay we don't have to say anything else than that i just wanted to bring it 
I just wanted to bring it up because I know that it happened this week. What was it? Saturday, he walks off the court when the PR lady is trying to get him back on the court. And apparently that ruffled some feathers with the Bulls front office there. So just thought it was worth bringing up there, but we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Anything else basketball wise you wanted to bring up? Uh, the Sixers and the Bucks are both really, and Celtics are really, really good basketball teams. Um, Russell Westbrook, uh, asking co- this coaching staff to let him come off the bench was a nice surprise, even though I think it should be Harden coming off the bench and not Westbrook. Um, and you know, overall, I mean, what LeBron's doing at his age and in this season of his career, um, Minnesota, I believe it is, is the, is playing really good basketball right now. Mm-hmm. How so, about the brawl last week? I don't know if you'd call it a brawl, but the fact that Draymond Green had Rudy Gobert in a rear naked chokehold last week, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean Draymond Green is just basically a wannabe tough guy when Steph Curry's not up not in the lineup because he thinks it's the only way to help his team win. So it's uh it's kind of disappointing to see a grown man act like a child, but <laughs> I mean we've kind of seen it his whole career, so I guess it's not overly surprising that it's happening. Um mm. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, I don't know how Carl uh, Anthony Towns' teammates didn't do anything to, you know, get his head out of a lock um, <laughs> in Draymond Green, but they uh, they didn't seem overly concerned about it, if you ask me. Mm. Yeah, nobody really lifted a finger on that one. And, um, I hope it's okay. I'm going to bring this up just because I'm seeing this now. So I I had seen a story over the weekend that the Knicks were levying a lawsuit against a former employee of theirs and um, who apparently had funneled the information to the Toronto Raptors. That's what they're accusing him of. So they filed the lawsuit for $10 million. Apparently, James Dolan has resigned his position on the NBA's Board of Governors influential advisory slash finance and media committees, according to a memo attained by ESPN. And the quote is, given all that has occurred lately, I have come to the conclusion that the NBA neither needs or wants my opinion, unquote. Apparently, this doesn't mean he's stepping down as owner of the Knicks, but he's not going to be in any like big positions in the NBA amongst the owners anymore. I that would be uh, great if this was a first step to get him out. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I don't even I don't I'm not even a Knicks fan and fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Sucks. There's no other way to say it. That guy sucks. Yeah, I I just you know, I I've I, I've said something like this before, but like the reason why I stopped really I kind of took a step back from basketball and the Knicks in the early 2000s was between <laughs> The, the Mets and their constant, you know, heartbreak and then everything going on with the Cowboys, because if you remember the early 2000s, you know, the, the dynasty, we were, we were a ways away from that. And then the Knicks, after Patrick Ewing left and Stephon Marbury and Isaiah Thomas, 
I, I just, I came to the realization I can't have all these bad owners in my life. So one had to go and it was kind of the Knicks on that. So if Dolan were gone, I'd wait. be the happiest man alive. Wait, Mike, just because you're bringing up the the late 90s, early 2000s, I can just mm -hmm. tell you play Madden with the Cowboys and have Drew Henson. Mm. My starting quarterback, because I liked him more than I liked Bledsoe. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, okay. Henson and Bledsoe, we're on the same thing. I thought you were going to bring up Chad Hutchinson for a second there. Oh, no. He was my <laughs> my uh, third stringer. I, I let Bledsoe be my initial backup <laughs> in all those field goals. Jeez. Those are some dark days. You remember Quincy Carter trying I to defend him? Quincy was fun though in the uh, in Madden. He he could run a little bit, so mm. Quincy was at least fun for that. I mean, mm. but yeah, no, I remember those days all too well. But yeah, it's uh, the Knicks uh, were pretty heartbreaking. I mean, even when they were that close, they were never actually that close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still say the the lockout year where the Knicks made the finals as the eight seed. I still say if Ewing was healthy on that team, I I want to believe there was a chance they could have won that, even though that was against the Spurs, Tim Duncan, and David Robinson. But that team with Ewing healthy, because that was the team that had Sprewell, Allen Houston, fucking Larry Johnson, who was still, you know, playing at a high level. They had just traded Oakley for Marcus Camby. That was a loaded fucking roster, but Ewing's knees did not hold up that postseason. Nah, age did catch up to him. Mm-hmm. No. All right, sorry to interrupt you on that one, but was there anything else basketball-wise you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, I can't really say there is right now. I mean, I kind of hit on everything, and, like, I have – you know, I won't. You know me. I don't really like dive deep into the NBA until the NFL season's done. So, sure. uh, just kind of paying it to the the tip of the iceberg stuff, and dig. We'll be digging deeper as uh, the season wears on. But all hey, I'll repeat it for the third fucking week in a row. The in season tournament's the stupid thing I've ever seen because I don't understand it. I mm. don't. No sense to me, and I'm apparently going to just die on that hill. Yeah, and I I mean, listen, hey, all these leagues like making money. So, I mean, if it makes them more money, that's what they're going to keep doing. But I, I really think, like, I, you you have a majority opinion on this. I haven't seen too many people actually rooting for this in-season tournament. Yeah, no, my my opinion is definitely not an original. Mm-hmm. So, no. All right. Anyway, um, did you have anything else? I don't know, a pop culture-wise to bring up, because I didn't really have too much this week. There's news earlier today. Dave Filoni is taking over as chief content um, officer for Lucasfilm at Star Wars under Kathleen Kennedy, which I think that's pretty good because Filoni was kind of the apprentice of George Lucas there. So I know everybody, Star Wars-wise, has been wanting to see him take over eventually, so good for him. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about on that one, my friend. <laughs> oh. Dave, Dave Filoni is the guy who created a lot of the animated series like Star Wars Clones, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels. 
He um he has a hand. He's one of like the showrunners with um and writers with uh, Favreau on the new Star Wars TV shows coming out. He's had a hand in like all of that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So they ju- they just named him uh, chief content officer. I think either today or yesterday. So there was that. But anyway, I don't know if I don't know if you had anything pop culture wise that stood out to you. That was the only thing I really saw this week. Yeah, no, I uh, I got nothing new that I've seen or um, I saw. I mean, the new Aquaman trailer looks pretty badass. That's probably mm. the only pop culture thing I got. Yeah, I know. I what they put out a trailer for that Madam Web last week that I think I actually saw. Those are the Sony Spider-Man Marvel movies, which aren't really MCU movies. Maybe with the whole multiverse thing, they wind up tying in at some point. But this is like the um, the Venom movies, the Morbius movie that nobody really saw. You know, uh, that stuff. The trailer didn't look that bad, but it didn't look that great. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. No, I haven't seen that one, but Venom is part of the multiverse they've already they showed that oh the right 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 yeah uh, the second venom movie they showed that in the extra credits yeah i remember that yeah he popped up in um the mcu universe and then went back to his universe at the end of far from home if i'm not mistaken correct yep mm-hmm. so. all right well i think with that then we can get out of here for tonight. Thank you to everybody for listening to us on all the podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Bullhorn, rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And we'll get out of here for tonight. Thank you to uh, Larry Schmelrose and Eric Pfeiffer for joining us early. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Coming up this week here. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Let's do some final thoughts. Dave Hastings. Um, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, always got to make sure I mention it whenever we record the show. Rest in peace to Pops. Uh, today makes 10 years since he left us. So um, just want to shout him out as well. And uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving and happy and healthy holidays in general to everybody. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to your father, Dave. Always good to have you here, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your uh, girlfriend there and your family. You you as well, my friend. I'll talk with you next week. You got it. And thank you, everybody, once again for listening. I am your host, Mike Egley. Laura, we will see you all next week.